Father, in your Son's name, I pray for your words this morning. Also pray for the ears that hear. That uh, if there's anything I say that's amiss, you just correct it there. We pray that your reputation and kingdom would be known, that our hearts would be submitted, that we would not grasp after our own will, but yield to yours. Help us to announce or bear witness to your kingdom and your work. May your reign increase in us. In your precious name, amen. So, um, question, when you hear a brand new word, how do you react? Do you uh, pretend you, you understood it? And just let the person go, or do you uh, investigate? You ask questions. Okay. Anybody? Anybody do some of both? Right. We'll ignore it for a little bit and go investigate later. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read a text this morning. It has a hapax legomenon in it, which is a really fancy way of saying. This word appears one time in the entire corpus of, of Hebrew literature, which there's a few of them. We've covered some of them in Genesis. It's a, it's a, to me, it's one of the ways that we know that this is a very old story because it hasn't been corrected into some other word. But I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to go through, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the structure. There's a couple of things going on here. Um, whenever a hapax shows up, it's time to pay attention because something's going on in the text. Okay? And I'll explain that to you. It's all right. We'll do hapaxes for beginners today. Done some of it before. Um, then I want you to notice how very personal the contact between Jacob and God is in the text. It's extremely personal. And then we're going to try to find us find ourselves in the story. Okay, so here we are. This is Genesis 32, page 52 of your Bible. We're still in, we're still in the beginning. As Jacob started, or literally arose to go on his way, angels. Oh. I'm in the wrong spot. Sorry. Jake, uh, Genesis. 3222 is where I am. That's page 54. So if you're wondering where that is in relation to page 52, you turn the page. And that's good news for me. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servant wives and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent all over all his possessions this left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn break began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip. Um, that, is a, that is a euphemism for something else we'll get into later. And wrenched it out of its socket. When the man said, let go of me, for the dawn is breaking, but Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So indeed, this is Jacob, who is always after the barakah, or the blessings. So what's your name? The man asked. Jacob. 
You will no longer be called Jacob, the man told him from now on. You will be called Israel because you have wrestled, that's another use of that word, with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied, and then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means Panim to Elohim, or face of God. For I have seen the face of God, Panim to Panam, face to face, and yet have had my life spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. And now the parenthetical statement. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Okay, so the structure goes like this. So this is actually some very beautiful poetry. And there's a series of verbs at the beginning of each one. So it starts off with, Weyakem Beilelahu. Okay, but Weyakem starts off, he arose. And then it goes down to Weyaka, he took, and Weyabor, he crossed. But it finishes with, just so you know, Weyizra, he rose, Watinasel, or God preserved him. And the, and the verbs go from one end, he arose, all the way through to he was left and alone, and he wrestled and he was sent over, and he saw, and he was disjointed. And then they come back to, he, he was called, he was blessed, he was asked, he was preserved, he rose. So the text is very beautiful. I'm not gonna read all of that to you in my broken Hebrew. I'm gonna do you a favor about not doing that, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, super smooth with it. But here's the thing. The, the hapax legomenon in here is used for wrestling, and I'm gonna explain this to you. Can you take out your uh, bulletins for a second and write um, this, just on it. J, K, B. And that's gonna be Jacob, right? Do you understand Jacob? And I'm only gonna say this because Hebrew does not really have vowels. It only has consonants. And when it has this sort of structure, and then something starts to sound the same and use the same thing, what they do is they have three words. And when you have a hapax show up, what you need to do is start to look for cognates or words that have similar roots, okay? I know that's kind of technical, but Jacob, J-K-B. It's actually Yaakov, because they don't really have a J. And the difference between a B and a V is whether there's a dot in the center of the bed in Hebrew. Also, the difference between a P and an F is whether there's a dot in the center of that level, letter, and all sorts of things. And so Yaakov, J, K, And they're on the brook Jabbok, J-B-K. Okay, so you're on J-K-B. Any, any similarity, right? Do you see that this is sort of a Hebrew rhyming mechanism? 
And he wrestled all night with the man, and here's your hat packs, Ya'avik, J, V, or B, K. The commentaries don't really know what to do with it. They're in a disagreement. So I've read eight commentaries over this. Some of them say that they would actually like to translate that God Jacobed Jacob on the Jabbok. And others say, we don't really know what that word means. It could be in the dust. It could be... What I want to say to you is this. What we know about Jacob is that so far... No matter how many times he's cheated somebody or somebody's cheated him, he has not changed. He's exactly that dude all the time. Now, when I read this story, you actually have Jacob recognizing that he's wrestled with God because he calls the place Peniel because I've wrestled God, I've seen God face to face, and he preserved me. I was not destroyed. But that's a pretty personal God that you'd think actually get down there and, you know, not every person is built for wrestling. And, and I'll say this, that, uh, um, you know, not every kid wants to wrestle. Not every kid wants to grab another sweaty kid and roll around on, on a mat. I mean, it's not really why you do it, but that's a barrier, yes? But it's very personal. Wrestling is, is contact one-on-one -on -one for an extended period of time. And so, in this case, they're making sure by using a hapax, because later on, when he says, I wrestled with God, they use the normal word for wrestling. But up here, they want you to recognize that something's going on essential to Jacob's character that is wrestling. And what do you know about his name, Jacob? It means... Heel grabber or grasper. And, and I just want to say that one of the things we know in the biblical narrative is that grasping doesn't work for us. That when we grasp after things that are not for us, it's not a good thing. And in fact, in Philippians 2, it says that Jesus left heaven in the Godhood not thinking that equality with God was something that should be grasped after. Grasping, right? White knuckle airlines. I'm holding on for dear life. I'm going to get mine. That's a no. Very personal God here. Um, I want to say to you that God speaks very specifically to Jacob the way that Jacob's going to understand it. And here's what I'm going to tell you. is that Jacob is out Jacob by God because... It says that the Hebrews don't eat this gitanashe, which nobody really knows what it is, because it's the kapha the Uraic, which is, I'm going to, forgive me for being impolite for a second, the fleshy appendage of the thigh. Okay, not a hip. Do you, do you understand? Calf is a fleshy appendage, and when it's used of your hand, it's not the back of the hand, but, but the thick spot, but it's appendage. And Uraic is thigh, and thigh is the spot where Abraham has his servant stick his hand under his thigh.
spy to take a pledge about finding Isaac's wife. Probably not the five. What we know about Hebrew literature is they like euphemisms over saying it outright. So they wrestled all night, and God, seeing that Jacob wasn't going to let him go, struck him with a low blow. Is that clear? Yeah. It's cheating. He just out-cheated the, the greatest cheater the Bible explains ever. He has never met his match. All they did is part company with another cheater, and they've just cheated, and he's cheated his way, and now he's trying to find a way that his brother Esau will, will let him live and all of those things, and he's been sending his stuff across ahead of him, hoping that if it, some of it's destroyed, some of it gets to survive, and by the time he gets there, Esau will be appeased and tired of destroying things, and so he'll get to live. So he wrestles with God, and in the language that Jacob understands, Jacob is bested. Do you understand what I mean by that? He's finally been out-cheated. Yeah, he wrestled, and God was sort of sitting there, letting him be equal for a while, and finally came in and said, no, we're done here. And by the way, you can imagine that he'd be limping if he was struck in such a way. Okay, do, do you understand where I'm getting at? How is it, if we just think about ourselves, that God speaks to us at the times when we don't listen very well? Does he speak to you when other people talk to, about how God spoke to them? Is it, does it always sound like the way that you hear his voice? No. Do you know why? He speaks to you your own way, right? So many Christians will sort of say that we have this great big God that he's kind of one size fits all. And I'm saying we got a bigger God than that. He is custom to each of us. Bespoke, if you will, right? He's talking to you. Matter of fact, he knows exactly how you're wired and the best way to get through to you. And the best way to get through to you is probably not the best way to get through to me. And, and getting to Jacob was probably wouldn't have worked for some of us. But he needed it. Remember, when he saw his ladder and God came and stood next to him and said, Lo, I'm with you always, he didn't take that to heart and say, Well, if God's always with me, then maybe my behavior ought to get better. Right? Because if he's always with me, no matter where I go, by the way, this is a lesson for Christians. If he's always with you, wherever you go, when you're doing whatever it is you're doing that you hope nobody sees, he's with you, seeing it. Do, do you understand how present that is? But sometimes we don't think of God being so close that he would wrestle with us in the dirt of our problem. Do we? That he would get down and dirty with us and work it out. I'm not kidding, am I? This is the real deal, isn't it? He is sitting there sweating all night with him. And 
at the end he says, you'll be called Israel. Israel means wrestler, or because you've wrestled with God. So he got a name change, okay? He went from grasper to wrestler. It's not a bunch of a name change. He's still going to be who he is. But we're going to change how it is. And by the way, he says, I'm naming you this because you've overcome. I, I, I would think it's pretty clear from the story that he lost. And the commentators say things like this. By the way, be really careful with commentators when they start saying gymnastics like this, okay? So this is one commentator's comment about this. That in all stories with God, in order to be truly winner, you have to lose. Not necessarily. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In this case, they're trying to figure out how Jacob won and overcome when it was clear he lost. Well, you have to lose in order to win. And so, by the way, here's a little rabbit trail piece of information. When the Bible says it's a mystery, it doesn't mean it's unsolved. It means you don't know it, but it's been revealed. Right? We think of mystery as a whodunit. Look, God already knows. When the Bible talks about mystery, it's about him revealing a mystery that he already knew about, but we didn't. But this is the thing here. We are talking about Jacob, who's part of the line of Messiah. Do you remember this comment that we've been making about the line of Messiah? That to be part of the line of Messiah means that you have to be adjusted or adjustable. And Jacob has had some adjustments, but it's not really been adjustable yet. The question is, are you coachable? And what's it going to take for the coach to drive that home that maybe your life is going to have to change a little? So in this case, say that again? You have to beat God. At, yeah, in this case, God's going to beat Jacob at his own game. And say, look, even the things you think you're good at, you're not. Now that, that resonates with me. It's part of how I came to Christ in seeing skills in my paintings that I didn't actually have. Right? That art school will teach you to understand what skills you actually have so that you can use those. When you start to see stuff that's not you in your paintings, you go, huh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I did that. I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. <laughs> that that was the thing going on with me. So Jacob is doing this thing. Now, how is Jacob adjusted by God? In a completely personal way, in the way that's going to be necessary for him. We would call that in Christian circles a two-by-four upside the head. <laughs> would, would you agree with that? He's got the two-by-four here. He's going to get the two-by-four, right? He, he's got changed. Now, in the text, he goes, I'm going to send everybody over here. And the text actually says that, lo, Jacob is lavado, alone. He's alone. And alone with God, and he starts to wrestle with that. We would call that in Christian tradition a dark night of the soul. I'm at the end of my rope, and I've tried everything, and I'm not convinced it's going to work. 
And as I talk about this, as I say this about this text, I want you to recognize that God knows where you're at. Just like he did Jacob. The thing is, is that if we're in the line of Messiah, and if you've come to Jesus, you're in the line of Messiah, you've been adjusted. But maybe not the final adjustment. Do you understand what I get at? You come to meet Jesus and you become changed, but you're not a finished product. What we're beginning to see here is that Jacob starts to change. Now, there's going to be more changes necessary for Jacob because it actually says this in the text. Et sete naosa, he put he sent his wives over there. Et sete sipota is his his uh, servant wives, and then he sent his son and the other ten. Do you understand that Jacob's got a problem of idolatry with one particular kid? And that's going to play out in these other steps. But right now, he needs to understand that cheating is not his way of life anymore. That he needs to be honest and forthright. And I hate to say it, I think the only way a guy like that's ever going to learn it is if God comes and speaks in the language he, he's needed. What's it going to take in your life? This is really my third point of the sermon. Where's the spot in your life that you still have complete control over? And you're saying, well, God can handle that other 90%, but this 10%, this spot is mine. It's the spot where you, you think you don't want anybody to see it, but God's with you, so he's seeing it every time you do it. And, and I would hazard a guess to say that you know what that spot is. Yeah? Maybe you don't admit it to your, outside yourself yet. We have a custom God who's with us and down in the dirt wrestling with us for that one spot so that we can recognize that he actually is Lord, that he has solutions to our problems, and we don't have to make little idols out of our problems and say, well, this is my spot, and I get to do this, and I get to, look, he's working with me on that right now. There's, there's been some stuff around pain in my life where I'm starting to recognize that I've developed a crutch around pain. And... And whether it hurts or not is, is neither here nor there. It can't be that special little hidden spot that I keep separate from him. And he's, he's down there in the nitty-gritty wrestling with me. Where is he in the nitty-gritty wrestling with you? Some of you still have these things. You've been doing your thing. You've got your lost coins or the five people you're hoping God will find in your life, and you've got the thankfulness thing. I'm going to ask you to make a mark in your book. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to write it out because then if somebody finds it, you're all exposed and you weren't ready. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to make a mark, and you'll know what that mark means. That's where God's working with you. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You just make up a symbol, just like the leaders of Led Zeppelin did when they did their fourth album. They all just made up symbols, and then they put them on the cover, and everybody spent the last 50 years trying to wonder what those symbols meant, and they just picked them out of random. That's what I want to ask you to do. Just pick them out of random. And then you're right there. Let's do this. If you've got that done, if you don't have this book, there's some out there still. We're going to keep doing this. I'm very thankful this week. Karen has had her best day since the surgery, so I'm very thankful for that. So in my little book with thankfulness, I'm very thankful for, for her recovery that's coming along. Um, the spot that I'm wrestling with is the spot that I've made my mark in yours. If you want to do that, let's do this. Lord Jesus, we ask specifically that you would be at work in the nitty-gritty of our lives. That we would at least come face-to-face -face with you, that we would have our own penny L, and then we would recognize that in the midst of that, you have preserved us and blessed us beyond all measure that you've preserved us right through the middle of our lives in all the difficult spots, that we're still here. And we're still with you and that you are custom for us. So we ask you to be at work and, and help us. Help us overcome. Move in our lives, dear Lord. In your precious name, amen. amen.